Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. What's up, friends? Grant Baldwin here. So glad to have you here with us for another awesome episode of the Speaker Lab podcast. Now, one of the best parts of our student experience here at the Speaker Lab is the coaching that is integrated into our programs. And our team has the experience and expertise that it takes to help our students gain confidence, clarity, and follow that clear path to their own speaking success. And so during our Coaches Corner podcast series, you're going to have the opportunity to hear from our Director of Student Success, Mary Alice Goldsmith, and a member of our coaching team. So whether you are at the very beginning of your speaking journey or or a well-seasoned veteran in the industry. Regardless, our coaches are meeting you where you're at and equipping you to take you to the next level. So I'm going to hand the mic over to them. And I know that you're going to love hearing from our coaches. So let's get right into it. Enjoy. Hey, everyone. I'm Mary Alice Goldsmith, Director of Student Success at the Speaker Lab. And today I'm joined by our very own lead coach, Rick Clemens, for this episode of the Coaches Corner series. We're so excited to be here with you on this episode where we are going to deep dive into why your website is and isn't important. How about that intro, Rick? Was that phenomenal or what? It was. But now they're <laughs> going to question, like, what do you mean it's not important? <laughs> Well, there's there's some sides to this, folks, that sometimes we put the importance somewhere that it doesn't belong. And then you're like, OK, I spent all my time doing my website and you're not out there getting gigs. So I think that's really one of the main reasons we want to have this conversation. Right. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, websites come up a lot with our students. And um, I think if you've never had a website, it's this really exciting time. It's like it's like birthing a child almost. Well, not really, but kind of, it's so exciting because it, it really solidifies like you're legit, you're professional, you have this beautiful site and now you're ready to put yourself out there in the world. And so it's really an exciting time. However, we do want to also strike that balance that it's not the end all be all to your speaking business. So we have some important aspects of the website and the not so important aspects of the website. Um, Rick, you're one of our go-to coaches for website development and uh, planning and strategy. And so uh, who better to have this conversation with than you? So happy to have you here today and excited to deep dive into this. What's going on? How's everything? <clears throat> Things are good. And I love this subject because actually, I mean, I think a lot of our students know this, but this is, this is where I kind of came from. Um, I was in branding, marketing, worked for some pretty large companies where web design was always a piece of the puzzle whether i go back to my hotel days where i was on the cusp of new technology where we were designing online reservation systems so there was that whole piece of web and how does the present and you know we were back in the days when the first hotels.com and all those things were emerging into 
like truly creating small websites for companies um, in my last career where it was like we were building kind of like what we do for speakers. We were like, here's the, you know, here's how you present yourself here. And it was RV parks and campgrounds. But as I worked through all this and then once I um, got out on my own, this this stuff really became very, very important. But it also even in my own branding, marketing mind, I realized Sometimes I can get into the rabbit hole, which is usually a way of avoiding doing the things you want to do. And I think this is why I've really begun to see like, yes, your website's important, <clears throat> but there's also aspects of it that are gonna detract you. And I know for me as a speaker and, and a coach, one of the things I realize in, even in my world today, because I, as many students also know, I do this on the side, speak and coach on the side, in addition to the you know 12 hour days that Mary Alice puts me through um, to really get this done. And there's some important stuff to this because I have to watch my website consistently to go, if I'm going to narrow down how much time I have, I need to make sure that the message is super, super tight so that if somebody does come to the website, it clearly communicates, this is who I am. And a couple of things that right out the gate I'd like to bring up around why it's important is this website that you create, even if it's your first one, it does two things right out the gate. It says, I'm a professional, number one. It shows, yep, I'm a professional speaker or even professional coach if that's part of what you're doing as well. And Which is it becomes, it's huge. It's, huge. Yes. it's a huge piece. Yeah, and it's one of the things we really drive home a lot, like, confidence. We want to give our speakers confidence. This is one of those confidence boosters for Absolutely. sure. And it's scary too. I know a lot of, a lot of our students are like, yeah, this is scary to have a picture of myself and like, get used to this. This is what it means to, to put yourself out there and market yourself. The other piece of that first step too, is this is where people come to validate that you are who you say you are. And I know that may kind of surprise, like, well, aren't they going to come there to see, you know, what I offer? Well, yes, but they're not probably going to know about you just because they do a web search and go, who is Rick Clemens? I mean, I'm not a known entity, but if you've had a conversation with someone at a conference or in your business world or somewhere like, this is what I do. Oh, really? What do they ask? What's your website? So this is what they're going to do is they're going to go validate that you are who you are. And I think this is a super important piece of understanding it sets you up as a professional and secondarily it sets you up as oh okay you really truly are who you are so those are the first two things right out the gate on why it's important okay so let's let's kind of do a little back and forth so that all great really helps with the confidence really helps uh event planners have confidence in who you say you are which is <clears throat> super important What's some of the non-important, you know, like you can get a lot of randoms that pop into your site and, and what's some of the downfall of those unsolicited gigs? Well, the thing is, is somebody just randomly shows up. If it's not super clear who you are, what you do and the audience you serve, bye-bye, they're gone. And, I, and all these statistics that say, here's how much time you have to grab attention. These are not made up statistics, folks. These are really true. If you don't have something that compels people immediately, so for instance, if I just said, I'm going to help you live an unapologetic life, that doesn't do a whole lot for anybody. But if I say on my headline on my website, I teach entrepreneurs how to 
dump their excuses, face their fears, and unapologetically build their entrepreneurial dreams. Now I've got something. That's not 100% the best one I come, but I'm kind of doing this on the fly. But it entices people to say, okay, well, let's go look a little deeper. And this is where if you don't have the right headline, you're wasting money. You're literally wasting time, effort, and money on a website. So that's one of the things I've seen. The other thing, too, is if the first thing that somebody gets, especially, and I know this is going to confuse some people listening, but let me say this and then I'll kind of restructure why I'm saying what I'm saying. If the first thing that happens when you land on, if somebody lands on your website and the first thing happens is a pop-up like, join my email list, you're probably going to lose people because they don't even know what you are at that point. Now, I'm not saying those pop-ups aren't valid because they are valid at some point along the way. But if that's the first thing that happens again, suddenly it's like all this person is wanting to do is build their email list. And the people coming to your site probably don't quote belong on your email list if they're the meeting planner. Remember, you're serving two audiences as a speaker. You're speaking, you're serving the audience that's sitting in the seat and you're serving the audience who's going to hire you. So be very careful about when things like pop-ups and stuff show up in their world. And I know you've, You've worked with this too, Mary Alice, because you've, you've helped a lot of entrepreneurs in, in your past work as a coach really define these brandings and next moves. So is there anything you want to add to what I just said there? Well, I think there's two really important things to add about email list. Um, one, pop-ups are awesome if they're timed properly. Give people time to hang out on your site. When they go, you could actually trigger them that when they go to exit out of your website, it, it will pop up and say, hey, before you go, like you could literally do that. There's all these different third party softwares that integrate, which is that's pretty cool. Great way to use that. The other thing, too, is, you know, email marketing is no joke. And the, the person who doesn't want to manage it or have a weekly schedule or monthly schedule around email marketing, I would almost suggest don't do it because people who invest in your newsletter or your email marketing, they are uh, loyal followers and they're expecting that email. And the worst thing, the worst thing, as soon as somebody says me an email that says, I know I haven't been around in a while, I'm like, unsubscribe. Like, I don't need to know that you haven't been around for a while. Like now I'm going to hear this whole story about why you haven't been around for a while. The bottom line is you should have content organized for the entire quarter so that you don't run into that conundrum of not being able to manage your email marketing list. So if you don't have that bandwidth, I would say don't do it just yet. Exactly. And I mean, I'll use myself as a good example of this. So because much of what I do for my private practice is done outside of this realm. The only email marketing I actually do is marketing my podcasts. But guess what? Everybody who's on those lists, it's to the point that if something doesn't work in my email, like if they get one and I accidentally forgot to put the link to the podcast page or something like that, my followers are so loyal that they'll, they'll literally write me and hey, Rick, did you know this? That's when you know you got a great following. Now, I don't want to screw up that often like that, but I can also tell you, and this number is going to shock some people who do this stuff, my open rate for my podcast is about 77%. That's huge. Very rare do you get those kind of numbers. But the reason is, is because for many people, which I, okay, I'm going to confess, I don't really understand why it's that big because it's like, folks, just subscribe to the podcast. <laughs> 
and it'll be there for you, right? But um, I guess they think there's something magical that's going to happen in the emails. But, you know, it's interesting like to watch. Funny. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's interesting to see where you put your effort and where that effort gets lost in what you're trying to do with your business, which kind of ties to something I wanted to talk about a little bit, which is an important thing. And it's also not such an important thing. If somebody lands on your site, you want them to see all quote aspects of your business. Now, some of you may be going, wait, well, my business is speaking. Yes, I get that. But speaking could be keynotes. It could be workshops. It could be online, you know, webinars you're doing, whatever it is. But if they land and they're like, so there's keynotes and here's the book and here's my podcast and here's this and here's this. And it's like all popping at them all at once and you still don't have them focused on the thing that's most important to you, you will lose people. Now, here's a little trick I do, and I do it every year, most years. This year, I probably won't move anything around. <clears throat> but whatever my focus is and wherever I want my revenue to come through the most for an upcoming year, guess what's gonna be the first thing on my navigation bar? It will be speaking or coaching or um, podcasts. I rarely move the podcast around because that stays. But if I know I'm going into a year, like this coming year, I know I'm not planning to do a lot of speaking. So guess what's gonna be my first navigation? Coaching. Because that's what I want people to take the first action on. And so these are little subtle things that keep your website clean so that it shows your business, but don't have so many things going on that the viewer can't figure out what your focus is, and because if they can't see focus, they're not going to see value. And that's a worst thing that we can have happen. Yeah, no, that's that's such a great point. Too busy of a website. It's hard to keep people on there for seconds. Then you have all these things coming at them and they're just they're out. They're totally out. Um, I think there's like a study out there that if you have more than two links, most people take zero action. So you want to think about that. Another, another thing too, like if you want to update your, your followers on what you're doing, it's a great idea to have a quarterly update email that goes out that says, you know, Hey, the book sold this much. This is how many, you know, spots I have left in my coaching. These are how many speaking gigs I have on my calendar. Like you'd be surprised, but people really do love to know that information. So if you're, if you're feeling like, okay, if I don't let people know about this thing, or my book or my speaking, I, I might be missing the mark. Don't be afraid to do like a quarterly update or a year end review. People love those. They love those. Um, so but yeah, so showcase that, all aspects of your business, but cautiously. Go yes, ahead. but when you do those updates, here's the thing. If you're gonna update people on some of those things, so like if you're like, yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing this many speaking gigs and I have a new talk that's up based on this, and they go to your website and they go look at your talks or your workshops and they're like, well, wait, you talked about this new talk, but it's not here. Make sure whatever you're keeping updated to your you know, email list or whoever's following you, that if it needs to be showcased, and that's the key, does it need to be showcased on your website? If you have a new talk, but it's not on the website, you're shooting yourself in the foot. So make sure you keep things as up to date as you can. The other good thing about updating your website, and I'm not advocating you have to do this like daily though that would go back to the days where blogging and everything was the thing <clears throat> but 
Anytime you make an update to your website, even if it's a slight change in describing a talk or something, the search engines, so little things, search engine spiders, the things, the algorithms that watch stuff, they will catch that a new update has been made. Now, does that mean it catapults you to the top of, you know, Google and everything? Not necessarily, but I can guarantee you that a website that has been sitting there stagnant for 10 years, nothing has been changed, is not going to rise up in the search engine optimization and you will not get to first place in Google, nor am I advocating every day go in and change a word. Changing a word is not going to do it. Creating and updating good content will. That's the reason I, and I was thinking about this before we jumped on this morning. I know that because my podcasts come out twice a week, and so there's fresh new content that gets released twice a week. I know that is why my website still continues to show up pretty high in the rankings. There's times I've seen it, depending on the search, it comes up as number one. But that doesn't mean I've got somebody in the back end doing all my SEO. I do have somebody that I have look at it once a year and go, Hey, what would you suggest? But keep it fresh, make it up to date. If something happens and you change something, make sure you take it down. I discovered a page about three months ago. I'm like, why are people doing this? I don't understand it. And I had forgot to turn a particular page off because I just no longer wanted to be offering this free download that I was doing. And I'm like, oh, wait, I need to turn that off. Not a bad thing to have that people are still interacting with you. But again, the core of this part of the conversation is keep it fresh. You don't do one and done, kind of like you don't do one and done on demo videos either. I recommend at least once a quarter, kind of just do a quick review of your website and ask yourself, hey, what might need to change? Is there anything new in my business that I'm offering that I, oh, I forgot to put that on my website. Um, those things will help you in the search engine optimization, which is not what we're going to talk about a lot today, but that's something that everybody needs to pay attention to because it, it's, it's a science in and of itself. So, um, but the other thing too, is if your website, <laughs> this is where it's not important. Your website will become very not important if it looks dated and not aligned with kind of current website design standards. If it's really super old and the content, or not the content, but the style, the photos, the artwork, the fonts, these things, get, yeah, the layout, exactly. I mean, we just went through and, you know, created, um, Katie on our team just created some new website templates for um, us to offer to students going through our program. And that was one of the things that Katie and I talked about a lot as she was doing that, like, okay, well, what, what do we feel like is the latest trends and what is the newest color schemes? And we really put some thought into it. And this is something that I feel like that you as a business owner, yes, all of your business owners should think about when it comes to websites, but don't get so distracted on, well, how, what color, <laughs> and then you go down the rabbit hole of colors and fonts. Yes, it's important, but this is where you can get distracted pretty easily. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is really important because, you know, you go to a website and they have these fancy fonts that you can't even read. Like, come on people, like just keep it simple. Like you, you just have to keep it simple, make it really eligible and people should be able to come and read. No problem. You get real fancy scripts that are like in a paragraph and you're like, oh my gosh, what are these people doing? So, you know, that, that's the is, part of really keeping it updated and, and, well, but there is a standard too. Of you can do the standard of thinking you want different fonts 
to help move the eye. But the font need, and this is something, and I, again, I don't want to get super deep into this because this is a whole different conversation of web design stuff, but the fonts that you choose, they kind of need to be in the same kind of font families. They, if it's a sans serif sort of look, it has to, you want that to kind of be consistent. Scroll, I would never, honestly, here's one of the easiest tips that I hope everybody will take away from this besides everything else we're sharing, but this is one of the easiest tips. Literally do a Google search, most common popular fonts for websites. You're gonna be shocked. There's only gonna be about 12 of them. And you're gonna go, but that's it? Yes, because again, the algorithms and stuff that read all this stuff behind the scenes, they're looking for websites that are easy to read and the fonts are part of that. Color schemes, to some degree that happens. Another quick tip on this too is, if you have a website I wish I could like like put this in a perspective where you could see it, but you go do this. Go look at, just do some website, run through some websites on the net. If you find a website that is all white and it's just white with text, the likelihood that you're gonna stay on that site is pretty slim because your eye is gonna get bored. But if you see a really good website, they're gonna have maybe some white backgrounds, and then they'll have some text that may be in a slight color that pops out. But then when, as you move down that page, suddenly there's gonna be an image or there's gonna be a block of color. Why? Because our eyes, when we're looking at things on the computer, will definitely suddenly zone out if there isn't something that's guiding your eye to go, oh, let's keep going. So placement of photos, colors, all that sort of stuff is the kind of stuff that's important. But back to why it's important to have a website, one of the key things to me is to understand, and I already kind of alluded to this, your website serves two pur more than two purposes, but I'm gonna say two purposes. You're trying to create raving fans, whether that's from the audience perspective or the meeting planner perspective. So we are truly serving two different audiences. So as you think through that, remember, the audience may not see your website until they see your name on a program for a conference or being a presenter at a company gig. So really the audience you're serving most up until that point is the person who is going to hire you. Um, I think one of our coaches, Eric Ream, um, he does a really good job with his site because you can see he, he does talk about why him but he also talks about why the meeting planner would want to hire him. He also talks about why the audience is gonna get something from what he's doing. I would encourage everybody to go take a look at his website and kind of just pull from it. In fact, I'm a big advocate of if you're trying to develop like a really solid web platform and web presence, literally go look at other people's websites. Really look at them closely, see what they're doing, see why they're doing it. I'm not saying beg, borrow, and steal, and not, don't want plagiarism here. But there's beautiful stuff that you can pick up by looking at these things. So, Yeah, it's true. You def definitely do not want to create one from bare bones. You definitely want to have examples. Um, and what, what, what makes you go, oh, I love that, or that's really interesting, or that's really professional, or that really represents my brand? And then how do you make it your own without stealing it, like you just said? So, um Okay. So I think you just, you just covered a calling card, right? That it's your calling card on the internet. Um, okay. So, um, 
So here's something that people miss. <laughs> it's so interesting. It's so important to have a website. It's so important to have a website. It's so important to have a website. For those of you who have a website, well, it is important. Yes, it is important. How many of you today who already have websites looked at your website today? I know you're going to go, why would I look at it daily? Because you never know when something's not working. Now, I'm not saying go through the whole website. Yes, you can kind of, uh, I, what I do is I do a spot check. Well, especially on podcast days, but I do a spot check daily. I like, hey, let's, let's, I, sometimes I do it on my phone. Let's go look and see what, make sure it's up on my phone. Other times I'll just pop in, you know, on my computer first thing and I'll hit like the homepage and maybe the contact pages. I know that if I hit two or three pages, thumbs up, everything's up and running. You never know when your hosting company could be down. You never know when suddenly, hey, I just created this great page, you know, for this or this. I did some updates yesterday, putting some price points on my website um, for my coaching. Yes, I raised my prices. Yay. Um, but guess what I forgot to do? I forgot to publish that update. No big deal, because I'm not concerned that somebody overnight didn't do it, but I forgot to publish it. And there would be nothing worse than talking to a coaching prospect and saying, hey, yes, let's work together. And here's my price point. And they go, well, that's not what your website says. And I'm so glad I caught this this morning because now there's incongruency. So that's when your website can become unimportant really quickly is suddenly you send somebody to it. You just had a great conversation with an event planner. And actually, this is one of the things I do before I get on a call with an event planner and right after I get off that call. Now, I can't predict when they're going to look at it. But the reason I go look at my website before I get on a call, I want to make sure things are good because you never know in the middle of that call. They're like, well, you know, what's what's your website address? One of the things I do, especially if it's a Zoom call, I have my website URL ready to copy paste right into that chat. But I don't want to copy paste it into the chat and not having just looked at it and go click. They look at it and go, well, it looks like your website's down. Now, it could happen. OK, in that short time, it could happen. But checking your website on the daily is going to be something that's going to be able to make your website important versus not important. You don't want to get caught in that space where suddenly you send somebody there and it just like explodes. So. So I'm curious for you, Mary Alice, you, so, so in your, in your past work, I know you worked with a lot of entrepreneurs. <clears throat> what do you feel like they got hung up on when it came to the web stuff the most? Well, there was definitely this perfection, you know, it is, it is your creative genius that you're putting into this. There's a lot of love and passion behind what you're doing on your website. And so a lot of people got caught up in perfection. And I think, you know, my message to them was always, this is a, almost like it's not, but it kind of is a breathing, ever evolving uh, resource for your business. Um, I can't tell you how many students, and I know you can speak to this as well, have come through the speaker lab. They started the program. They were so excited about this language, this marketing aspect and, and the niche that they were in to get to the end of the program and be like, wait a minute, this language is so much better. And this, this really helped me niche even better. And so they they went in and had to change their website. It's not a big deal. So 
perfect is the enemy of good when it comes to your website. You have to really um, put out on your website where you are today, knowing that in six months to a year from now, it may look completely different. This is why I'm a big proponent to using your name.com or .net um, versus some fancy, you know, flywithme.com or <laughs> eagleswings.com, I don't know, right? Because that, you know, that could be your business today, but that might evolve and change tomorrow. And this happened to me in my business. And it really taught me a lesson because if it's not under your name.com or .net, you might be in a situation where you have to change everything. Um, and that, that could be a pain in the butt. But yeah, just thinking that you, ha- you can't roll it out until it's perfect is really going to prevent you from rolling it out, actually. Yeah. And I love rolling out a quote. <laughs> I know that sounds weird. I love rolling out an imperfect website because what I think is perfect, suddenly, if it's not, re- if it's not resonating with the people who visit, I just spent all this time trying to make something perfect that isn't going to work. I would much rather, and I do some testing. I mean, I, I mean, I went, I just went through this about a probably last year sometime. I had hired, well, quote, hired a copywriter to rewrite some of my coaching pages because I'm like, if I'm working full time for Speaker Lab and only doing this on the side, I want to get this copy tight, like tight that when somebody lands, it's going to Im- inspire them to do this. Got it all written. I wasn't really sold on it, but I'm like, okay, he's he's a young Gen Z sort of, hey, he knows the social media sort of stuff. And I'm like, this isn't working for me, but I'm going to give it a shot. And just about the time I was ready to push publish, I said, stop. Take that page, duplicate it, send it to a few of your past clients, have them read through it. I am so glad I did. Because I resoundingly got back, Rick, if I had landed on these pages, this smells salesy. It smells a little bit swarmy. It isn't like I don't, I'm not connecting to you. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of what I was feeling. This wasn't my language and everything. But I'm like, okay, I would have never got that. And, and again, nobody probably would have landed on my website per se just overnight. But I'm so glad I took that extra effort to do that so that I could rewrite and get it the, the way I want to. And even once I did release it, I'm like, okay guys, I did it. And every, I had five guys that were my test group, had them go back and reread it. And they're like, this is great. I would definitely, and then a couple of them said, but this needs to get fixed, this needs to get fixed. I'm cool with that. I would much rather go through that than like, let's be perfect, let's be perfect, let's be perfect. Because I've seen like you, too many people get stuck in the perfect and it never gets done. Never gets yeah. done, never gets well, launched. Well, I think too that that brings up another great point in terms of content. You know, we we you talk about um, keeping your content current and keywords and SEO, which is all great and very important. But the other thing too is if your website doesn't represent the personality of your brand, there's going to be a lack of congruency, which again breaks trust. So. Um, one thing I would often see with my clients, you know, they were all mostly health and, and wellness professionals, you know, that you'd go to their site and they're talking in third person. And I'm like, Hey, like, what are you doing here? You're like, you're the brand. So you really want to make sure that when somebody comes to your website, it, it, it matches the personality of if you're the brand who you are as a speaker, you're the brand, you're the product. So 
if you're super uber professional, it needs to represent that. If you're laid back, when I land on your website, it should be like, hey, welcome. So glad to have you here. Like that, that was mine. My website was like, hey, my name is Mary Alice. I'm so excited to have you here. Let's dive in type of thing. It's like welcoming them, welcoming them into your home, right? And I always said this to my girls. I said, listen, if I pulled up in front of your house and you had a white picket fence that was all dilapidated and falling apart and the front door was a mess and there was garbage everywhere, I, I really wouldn't want to come in. And so be okay with some some white space, not plain white space, but white space in the terms of you know, paragraphing properly, giving giving readers that opportunity to not just feel like they've been dumped on with a bunch of words, but interrupting things with pictures and, and a specific flow. It's really important that when they're coming to your quote unquote front door of, of your business, it looks clean, it looks organized, it look, it feels welcoming. That's really important because that's going to be easy on the eye and it's going to p- keep people there. So think about that you know, who's pulling up to your virtual front door and does it look the way that you want to be representing your brand uh, enough so that it's going to keep people reading and scrolling through those pages? That's really, really important. Again, that doesn't have to be perfect, but there is an essence that you need to give off. Um, and if you're not sure about that, what is the personality of your brand? What is what is he or she like? Um, if I was to sit with them for 30 minutes, what kind of stories would they tell me? Are they funny? Are they laid back? Are they super intelligent? Are they professional? You really want to think about what that personality of your brand is because then you can portray it really nicely on your website. And then you create that congruency, which then catapults trust, which is really important nowadays. I always always use the metaphor of if your website looks like Nordstrom, but once they get inside, it looks like Old Navy, you have a problem. It just, it's not congruent. <clears throat> so if you present yourself as uber professional, but then you show up on stage in jeans and a t-shirt, you have a problem. One of the things I'm most proud of about my brand is I feel like when people land on my site and they see Rick, they see Rick in jeans, an untucked long sleeve shirt. They see me being that guy that speaks like, hey, let's just have a conversation. I know what you're about to do in your world is really tough. I know that trying to start an entrepreneurial business is tough because I've been there and I have you know, spent blood, sweat, and tears doing this. And there were days I really freaking, yes, I would use a word like that on my website, freaking tired of trying to build this business. Because guess what's going to happen he when you coach with me? Or, that we won't yeah. say it. Well, I would, but you know, I'm trying to be kosher here on this. You would thing. actually use something else. Yes, yes, I would. Go but, ahead. Sorry, you know. sorry. Yeah, and I do. Yeah. I mean, there's times like there, there's some places you'll yeah. see you'll see the words in my website, and that's okay with me because one of the things I learned about being congruent with who I am is I want to make sure that whoever hires me, either as a coach or on a stage, they get exactly what they saw on my website, and if I don't fit for them, that's okay. It's going to save you time, effort, and money, too. It's one of the things I didn't put in this little list here, but why is your website important? Because it will pr- it will show whoever is looking at you who you truly are. And guess what? If that's what you show them, makes them walk away, that just saved you a ton of time. Because the last thing you want is having con- sales conversations and trying to get gigs with someone who's like, well, we'd really... 
Rick, could you put a suit on? No, Rick can't put a suit on. I won't, I will not be near as good. First, I won't fit into any of my suits, but I won't be near as good on stage if I'm all buttoned up and in a suit and tie. That's not how I do my best work. Now, I might show up in a nice pair of slacks and, you know, okay, I'll tuck the shirt in or whatever, because I know how I best work. Maybe I will throw a little vest on every once in a while. Have to find one that no, fits No, you again. would show up in a, if somebody asked you to wear a suit, you'd show up in like a bathing suit. <laughs> Well, you know, there is a collection of Speedos, you know, in my future, but that's in my way. They'd be like, you know, oh, my God, dream. he's got yeah. feathers and a Speedo. And feather, exactly, exactly. But it is interesting. So, you know, what was so interesting is after, like, the last big gig I did was right before COVID. And you know, there was like 3,000 people in the audience. And mostly a lot of the people already knew me. But when I came out on stage, there wasn't one person afterwards that said, Oh, I didn't realize that was who you were. Everyone said, like, you just showed up as you, Rick. We, every, from how you showed up to how you talked to how you dressed, you showed up as you. That, to me, is one of the greatest compliments I can get as a speaker is we really appreciated how you showed up as you. I had an event planner say to me a couple of years ago, well, a couple of years prior to that, like, one of the things we most appreciated about you was a working with you. You were easy to work with. And that you actually showed up exactly the way we expected based on everything we had seen and interacted with. There was no surprises. That is yeah. gold for no, you as a really speaker. No, that's really important. And it's because yeah. I had a speedo yeah. on on my website. So there you go. I love it. But here's something, too, that you brought this up real quick before I lose this because I'm old enough that I will lose this thing. But here's something that uh, you kind of alluded to that kind of ties to what we were just talking about. If your website doesn't provide proof to the viewer of why you're the person they should be interested in, they're going to walk away. I've seen, and I've seen this a lot in the speaking industry for some reason. And this, again, I'm not knocking anybody who can't get their name domain. Okay. That would, that, that can be a real struggle, but if it's buried behind a business name of some sort, and they're like, okay, well, this is a business, but who's the person behind the business? I ran into one the other day. It was actually one of my um, PR companies that I work with for getting people on my podcast. I could not find a picture of the owner of this PR company. And I've worked with the, him a lot. But I'm like, you know, I've never, I've never seen who it is that I'm working with. There was nowhere on his website that had a picture of him. There was a little bit of a, like, what his PR company is about. I'm like... I love the guy because he provides me great guests, but there was a little bit of my own stuff like, I don't feel connected to him now. I'm glad he provides me guests. And those are the things you don't want to project out to people. That's when your website will not be important to someone. It's like, I don't feel connected to you. And I, I think, you know, to add to that point of, about connection, it's really important. I don't want to come to your website and hear all about you. I really don't. I want to come to your website and know that you get me. Um, and you kind of touched on this before when you said, I get it. You know, when you could say things like, I get it, or when you could say things like, it's not your fault. It's just, it's just that you didn't have the steps or you didn't understand the strategy behind it. Those are so important because there's two things that can happen. One 
if you are so highfalutin and you're just bragging about all the wonderful things that you've done and how amazing you are and how successful you've been and da 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 and gosh, I've seen so many sites. I went from five figures to seven figures in six months. Like, well, that's great. And that's awesome. Good for you. And, and I'm not saying there's not a place for that. There is. But in the beginning, when I first land there, I want you to unfold the story and make it more about me than about you so that I can feel like you get me. And I think that's really, um, it's powerful one, but it's really critical to the connection of hooking people and keeping them scrolling. And it really is as simple as transitioning with, with that language of, you know, I get it. I was you, you know, I, I understand the struggle or I understand the desire or the dream, you know, so on and so forth. So I think that's really important. The other thing too, that I noticed with a lot of, um, a lot of websites, and this isn't just speaker oriented, but a lot of websites is if you immediately start trying to sell you without that connection piece that you were just bringing up, the amount of time somebody spends on the website goes down significantly. And I've, I've seen that. Well, I look at these studies a lot. I mean, I, I watch some of this, not because I am doing like at the speaker lab, what I used to do when I was in my other world. <clears throat> but I remember when I was in the RV parking campground industry and we built, we built, uh, we had an engine that did online reservation systems, plus m- created a website for some of these campgrounds and RV parks, which a lot of them were smaller business owners, you know, small quote, mom and pops. Right. And a lot of them fought, you know, moving to the web. And then suddenly they realized this was the direction. And I remember working with one of my clients and I said, we need to come up with the copy for your campground, like to something that really kind of, you know, captures it. So I want you to <clears throat> give me the content. I knew we were going to help rewrite it, but give me the content. And when I got the first draft, we are a the number one California RV park for da 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 da. We've won these many awards. We've been in business for 25 years. We, if I was coming to camp, I mean, I, I guess if you're that kind of buyer, that's going to mean something to you. The second one that I got in, what not from that camera, because we're doing a lot of these. It was so interesting. Right after I got that one, I got another one from a campground and says, we know how important relaxing, getting away from it all, being in nature and being to have those quiet moments with yourself or maybe family and friends roasting those s'mores over the campground are. And that's the environment we're going to create for you, whether you're with us for one night or an entire week. Which one are you yeah. going to want to go to? Totally. Right. It's, it's about, it's about the experience. Right. And, you know, then you could add, you know, to see our awards and accolades, click here. Fine. Or, but let me know. You put the I'm awards right in. at the bottom of that. You, you put those here, you know, you have your little logos of the little awards and that suddenly there comes the validation all over again. So there's just so many beautiful things that I think I don't want to ever tell a speaker, Oh no, don't put your book on the homepage. There's lovely ways, especially if your book is the backbone of what you speak on. Absolutely. You're going to want that pretty close to front and center in a way, but not when the first thing that says, here's my book, buy it. No, here's how, you know, you can actually do beautiful thing with copy in like, you know, have you ever noticed how so many small business owners 
put so much emphasis into websites and social media and having the right photos to get people to do something. But have you also noticed they never seem to get out the starting gate? In my book, the Getting Out of the Starting Gate, these are the things I address on stage and in my book. So I didn't start with it, but I bring that it in fairly really quickly. Good. That was really yeah. good. Yeah. So, you know, very, very I, I, I may slick. be, I, I may slick. be old, but I still got some tricks up my sleeve. So, I don't know why I say I'm old. It drives me nuts when people say they're old, but it's true. And I think, especially for event planners, when they're when they're on your website and they see all this transformational language that their audience is going to get that's going to entice them to connect with you further versus hearing how amazing you are. They're hiring you to be the catalyst, to be the tool to impact and transform their people. That's it. So you want to really make sure that you hone in on that on your website. What is the solutions, the transformations? How do you get that audience? How can you, you know, because here's the other thing too, event planners don't want to hire people that have that have gone to heights that are way too, too high for their specific audience. They have to calibrate that, right? They have to make sure that they're not bringing in someone who's making billions and talking to people who want to go from five figures to six figures. I'm just using that as an example. So there, there is that, that balance that they have to manage too. And so if you're so, you know, full of all these accolades and awards, you might appear to be way too advanced for their audience. So really hone in on transformation, solution, and impact, and, and that will move the needle way more than all the awards you received from your local chambers of commerce. I mean, that's great, but you know what I mean? It is good. It is great. <laughs> in fact, one of my, one of the, the last big event I spoke at was World Domination Summit. And one of the things I always appreciated about the, the speakers that Chris Gillibo brought in, um, he's the one who, he's got lots of books out there. Just go check him out. But, um. One of the things I really appreciate about his speakers, he knew his audience really well. He knew that they were up and coming entrepreneurs. They were people who wanted to live location independent. They were people who wanted to have social impact in the world. They were people who were like many of our speakers in our world, trying to juggle full-time work, but trying to start their passion project, right? So even though he had some, some big names on the stage, I mean, I mean, I was not at that event when Brene Brown was there, but what was interesting is when Brene Brown spoke, she was just coming out of the gate. And it's interesting to see the people that he put on that stage that they were so relatable. They were just a little bit ahead of the crowd. Some of them, you didn't have any idea who they were until you like looked them up and you're like, oh yeah, they've got some, they've got some cachet in their world. But he made sure that they brought what they needed to bring to fit that mold. And trust me, trust me, trust me, anyone who's listening to this, the beauty of really getting yourself as a speaker and bringing all of this together in websites and demo videos and everything is when that event planner can say, this person is just a little bit ahead of where my audience is and they're gonna have really great impact. That's when you hit the home runs. And if you can communicate that on your website and make that the important messages, <clears throat> I'm not going to say you're going to get booked daily, but it's going to make it a whole lot easier. Amen. That's awesome. Well, I think this has been really great. You know, websites are important, 
but they're also a responsibility. And in order to keep them important and keep them relevant, we need to keep managing them. So we hope these tips and tricks have been helpful. Um, these insights of, of years and years of managing websites and helping other people create them here at the Speaker Lab. Um, you know, there's definitely a thing or two that we know. And so hopefully this has helped you. And if you have any questions and you are a student, definitely bring that up to your coach for sure. Um, if you would like to become a student, make sure you check out uh, our speaker at thespeakerlab.com and book that strategy call. Uh, a coach will help you make the best decision for you and your speaking business. Thanks so much, Rick. Thanks. All right, there you have it. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Speaker Lab podcast. Now, I want you to know that we do this podcast simply because we want to serve and support speakers like you. We don't charge anything for you to listen, but in return, we do have one small favor to ask. Would you be willing to subscribe to the podcast where you're listening right now? Hit that subscribe button. Also, leave us a rating and review within iTunes or Spotify, wherever you listen to these podcasts. We read every single one of them, and they also help other people to find the show. Also, if you are looking to take the next step in growing your speaking business, be sure and check out thespeakerlab.com. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com. We've got a ton of free resources and tools there, and you can also learn more about the programs that we offer, which include one-on-one -on -one coaching. Our mission here is to help you find the confidence, clarity, and clear path that you need to own your speaking success. So again, check us out over at thespeakerlab.com. As always, we appreciate you hanging out with us, and we'll catch you next time. You're awesome.